Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdette. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored and unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies. So kick back, grab a snack, and thank you for being part of the conversation. Ryan, how are you today? I'm good. I'm very interested to see what we have on the table to talk about yeah, because there's we, a lot. Yeah, we took a week off, so there's tons of shit to talk about. Also, I should let you know, well, a, a couple things actually. One, don't Ooh. worry, Hannah, I do have a coaster. Ooh. Everything is everything is fine. And I uh, do too. And, <laughs> <laughs> and two, um, next week we're probably going to do an on-camera podcast, but after that, for a few weeks, we're going to be doing audio only. We're still going to upload the audio to YouTube as well for our YouTube listeners, but you're not going to see any camera visuals. The reason for that is because we're gearing up to shoot our next short film. We're getting really close in production. It's stressful times around here. So having just, you know, a whole, a whole entire video to edit while that's going on is just adding to the stress. So while we're in the shit of shooting and post-production, we're probably going to go audio only for a few weeks and then we'll come right back with the cameras later on. Absolutely. So it'll be fun. Yes. So Ryan. Yes. How are you? I already asked this. I'm good. We have a lot to talk about. I'm very excited to see what we have on the table. <laughs> but uh, is there any particular, right? Wake up, Dalton. Um, Don't do that. <laughs> is there any story that you wanted to start off with? Because I know we have a lot of interesting things to talk about. Some stuff that may be old because we are a weekly podcast. <laughs> That's okay. It's really old news. Netflix must really like Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead because it's getting a prequel film and an anime series. And the movie hasn't even come out yet. Wow. This- I... Good, good for Zack Snyder. He yeah. needs more good news. Hopefully he's a producer or somehow involved. Yes, um, they did a joint statement, but I'm taking it from Variety. Um, apparently they see franchise opportunity in this you know, intellectual property that Zack is doing for them. And they both excitedly announced that the world's going to be expanding. They're going to do a prequel movie and an anime series, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hope that the movie's good. And I trust it will be. It yeah. sounds amazing. Uh, but you know, if not, this will be, seem embarrassing. Uh, however, is it an original property, or is it based off something else? That I do not know. I'm not a good host. Okay. But, uh, no, because yeah. I, I believe it's original, which if it's original, then he really sold them a good idea. Yeah, and, a big pitch. Yeah, so. Zack Snyder wanting to make a long story told over the course of a big amount of time? What? what? No way. Um. Uh. But yeah, I, I just kind of had just generic. I, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Th- those are kind of the depth of my thoughts on that. Uh, it, it does make me look forward to seeing the movie more because that means I think Netflix has faith in it if they're able to make this step, especially during a time of where people are conserving their money. Yeah. Um, the fact that they went ahead and greenlit this seems really interesting. So I'm I'm gonna watch it for sure. I'm very excited to see what's gonna happen with this because like all we know about this is the plot and the few pictures that have recently come out. Yes. And even the plot alone sounds fascinating as hell, mm-hmm. where people are going to Vegas to rob, to have a heist in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding it me? It sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds, sounds rad amazing. as hell. Yes. And um, moving on to our next story, did you know that we are getting the Snyder Cut of Godfather Part 3? Are we really? And it's going to be released theatrically. I've never seen Godfather 3. Is that the one? I haven't seen it either. I've only seen one and two, and okay. my, my mama, who like made me watch those movies... Made me. She was like, you like movies? <laughs> Pop these on. They're the best fucking ones ever made. Yeah. She was like, don't watch the third one. I was like, oh, why not? And she's like, eh, it'll, just don't. So I just literally on that, I've just never, never have. Has Nick seen it? I think I don't know. someone in the group has seen it. I don't know. Um, Apparently, it's just not nearly as good as Godfather 1 and 2. I've heard some people say like it's not horrible, but it's just not great. Yeah. 
But um, apparently they're going to re-edit parts of the movie with a completely different ending and release it into the theaters. And Francis Ford Coppola was like, I'm going to do this. And I'm getting the report from Slash Film. And Paramount was just like, uh, uh, yeah, okay, sure, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And that's really fascinating to me. So I- I'm going to watch Zack Snyder it. really lit a fire under every studio and every filmmaker's yeah, right? ass, man. Yeah. Good for him. And I, I think um, it'll be interesting because this will this will be my first time watching God- any version of Godfather 3. You don't want to watch the original no, one? No, I'll watch the original version after. I after and you'll be like, holy fuck. Yeah, like- I want this to be my first version of Godfather 3. Okay. So I- I'm a- I'll be there, you know. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, that's really kind of all I have on that one. Did you have any thoughts? To piggyback off that, how about Rocky Balboa? Oh, yeah. Coming back with fucking Rocky Rocky IV. Rocky IV, yeah. A director's cut, and they're going to take out the robot. Because he doesn't like him anymore, (laughs) which is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. It was just so forward and direct. Like, oh, why are you cutting out the robot? Because I don't like him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least he's straight to the point, you know? Yeah. But uh, with... Honestly, it's very exciting to see that there has been other footage that has been thrown away and well, lost, I mean, and that with Zack Snyder getting yeah. his vision made and told, like all these all these other people are coming out, like yeah, I want to do that as well. Like it yeah. just it makes me it's, happy to see. It's interesting because like directors not always having the final cut of their product is extremely common. Like that's not an uncommon thing. It's just that there was never really a high demand for seeing a director's cut of a movie, with some rare exceptions yeah. throughout the course of the years. Especially people who are more film savvy who understand that process. You know, an audience, a general audience member is going to be like, "What? What the fuck is the difference? Like, what? Why? You know?" And um, with, I, I do think the Snyder Cut movement has helped. You know, other people be like, "Hey, look how excited people are getting over this alternate version of the movie." You know, if we have an alternate version of the movie, maybe people will get just as excited. And I think mm-hmm. it, it can be a positive step forward, maybe. Especially these older movies, like yeah. with Godfather 3 and Rocky 4. Mm-hmm. Like, the Snyder Cut there, was only a few years ago. I hope there's 40 more minutes of Rocky driving. That's that's all I want. You mean you don't want a full-length boxing match? Dude, imagine if that comes out in theaters and, like, we have the crowd from Creed 2 oh, in that fucking... Rocky 4. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes. dude, Creed 2 is one of my favorite movie-going experiences. Yeah. Our, our audience was really into that movie. Yeah, I that's that's a that's a memory that will stick with me for a long time. Just like everyone getting behind like um, Apollo Creed's son. What's his name? Adonis. Adonis. Adonis Creed, and that one guy who's cheering on Drago just because he was the odd man out. Yes, that was great. That was a really good time. Yeah, if they release Rocky Four Directors Cut in theaters, oh, I'm I'm fucking going. Are you without without a doubt? Me? Without a doubt. It's like what twenty thirty minutes more of just montage. Are you fucking kidding yes. me? Give me that. Give me all of that. Everything. I want Rocky to end the Cold War twice. <laughs> give it. Give it to me. Um, moving on to our next story. This one's a bit more sad. Mm-hmm. Um, the Batman resumed production and then it had to shut down again because Robert Pattinson, the Batman himself, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Um. The, the interesting thing about this story is there's a lot of hot takes on it. And, and I think that the one that I actually took away from it, because the, the common one kind of was, oh, this is proof that movies aren't ready to shoot and that these COVID-19 practices aren't working. Mm-hmm. My takeaway was like, no, this shows that the COVID-19 practices are working because apparently like one day he tested negative and the next day he tested positive and then they shut it down and isolated him. Yep. And from what we know, no one else has gotten it. And they're apparently, as of this recording, are gearing to shoot up again, like, next week. Like, apparently he's beat it, he's done. Yeah. And it's like, 
wow, like they got on that shit, shut it down, no exceptions. And it's not like they're even shooting the scenes without him in it. Yeah, they, they just, just shut, shut it down. down yeah. Just to keep everyone safe. Like, And who knows, maybe he caught it while on set. Maybe he caught it whenever he was going to grab you know, something from the convenience store or food or whatever. Like, it's not like he's catching this from the set. I'm not saying that's not the case, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing everything they can. And I, I I side with you that it shows that these practices are working because, like you said, one day he tested negative, the next day he tested positive, and then that was it for two weeks, not coming back, not filming anything. And it really shows that they care. Yeah. No, Especially really. since I think Warner Brothers was the first company to mandate how they were going to yeah, and they reshoot set up the, everything. The anonymous reporting for mm-hmm. malpractice. Yeah, so and they're really taking that shit seriously, which is good. Which is a good. It's thing. a huge positive sign. Yes, yes. It's uh, it's a step in the right direction. I think that people are now realizing, hey, while since America really is not doing the right thing and beating COVID, we can at least learn to work safe safely within its confines and yeah. still keep going. Which which I think is a nice thing to look at. Yeah. Yeah, but. You know, stay safe, be as safe as possible, but it's not impossible to move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that this kind of proves that. And, I, and above all, I'm just glad that Robert Pattinson is okay. Yeah. Like, I, and I, when when it said that he had COVID, you know, not many people were worried about his health because he's a younger, big, like, stronger guy. But, you know, that, you never know with that. So I'm you glad. You never know. Report, he could have report, a compromised immune yeah. system. You never know. Reportedly, he's doing fine, but that's just thank God that, you know, he's okay. That would have, that would have been awful. Yeah. Um, our next story. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because it's been just talked about to shit in like every aspect of media and shows. But not our opinions. But not ours. Um, the Academy Awards have introduced new diversity standards to be eligible for specifically the Best Picture Oscar. Mm-hmm. And I think they go into effect 2024. 23, 24. Yeah. Is yes. the first two years. Yes. I think that's when it really goes into effect. And a lot of people were freaking out saying like, oh, like... Movies like 1917 or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like they wouldn't have qualified. Oh well, my what God. are the? Well, before we jump into like they wouldn't have qualified, what are some of the uh, things that they'd have to meet? Well, why, why were people freaking out about that? Well, people were freaking out because they didn't read the whole requirements. And um, a there, there's A, B, C, and D the standards to hit for requirements. Mm-hmm. And to be it, nominated for Best Picture, you have to meet two of these. Two four, of the four. Correct? Yes. Okay. And um, A, for example, was about on-screen representation, themes, and narratives. And there's like A1, A2 little things. And it's kind of like a part of your cast has to be Asian, Hispanic, black, indigenous, um, Native American, women, LGBTQ, or have the main storyline be about that thing. Even people with like deaf, people are deaf disabilities. Mm-hmm. So that was the on-camera. A is the on-camera stuff. Point B is the creative behind-the-camera stuff. It could be costumes, writer, director, producer. You know, it's pretty much the same thing. Women, LGBT. Have anyone from a minority races. group yes. involved. Yes. And there's, it's more specific than just having them involved. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But, pe- but people were... I'm not going to get into all the numbers because you can look it up. It's on the Academy's website. But people were freaking out over that specifically because they didn't read C and D. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, so... You didn't read the whole thing. It's like, yeah, under those two, 1917 might have been in trouble. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might have been in trouble, although maybe their costume designers were women, so maybe they got B anyway. Mm-hmm. But there's C and D, people. And listen to how ridiculously easy this is. C, paid apprenticeship and internship opportunities. Indulge me, if you will. The film's distribution or financing company has paid apprenticeships or internships that are from the following underrepresented groups and has women... 
racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ, people with this physical disabilities. So pretty much, if Warner Brothers is releasing a movie and they have two black interns, man, you did it. <laughs> you you qualify for yeah. C. And uh, and then you have standard D. Um, also, part of C, C2, is um, there are training opportunities and skills developing at these companies for training and learning the um, different things about those different groups. Mm-hmm. And then D, audience development. To achieve standard D, the film must meet the criteria below. Representation and marketing, publicity, and distribution. The studio and or film company has multiple in-house senior executives from among the following underrepresented groups and has the same groups listed. And so basically just press-wise, one of your reporters has to meet that criteria. Yeah. So C and D for budgeted movies, like studio movies, are automatic. You're going to get C and D. Now for more independent films who don't have guaranteed financing or distribution... They're probably going to have to look at things like A and B, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I do think that it, it helps. And like when I, when I first read like new like diversity requirements, I saw A and B, and I was like, damn, they weren't fucking around. Like they, yeah. and, and I, you know, but I could see if it was just A and B, I could see the argument for the, like the, oh, what about 1917? But they still left in a failsafe to make sure that something like that didn't happen. Right. And something else that needs to be pointed out, there's also an appeal process if they say you don't qualify. Hmm. So, for people who wanted more representation, it's not nothing, but I could see the argument of it not being enough. And the people who, for one reason or another, let's put it that way, are against this whole thing, clearly were looking for a headline to run with that fit their ideology and didn't read the whole story. Yeah. So, it's not it's a non-issue. I think that this isn't really going to change much. I don't think it will either. I think... I think it's in the right place, but I don't think it's the right thing to do, if that makes sense. Like, this definitely isn't the answer to make the Oscars more inclusive. Yeah, and, and also, oh, oh, I'll let you finish, and then I'll... Okay. Um, like, I just don't see why they aren't just naturally more inclusive. Like, I get that they're putting these guidelines up to, and, like, and, and, help and, gear studios in the right direction and, of being inclusive. And it should be pointed out that over the past few years, they've, been, they've started doing a better job of inviting members to the Academy that are of different ethnic groups mm-hmm. and minorities, not just, you know, old white men. Yeah. Which is another mm-hmm. step in the right direction. But we just live in a time now where I just don't understand why they aren't just looking at the greatest movies of all time and the greatest performances. Like, I know it's speaking specifically on best picture but like Lupita Nyong'o for us mm-hmm. one of the greatest performances that year yeah. didn't get nominated so it's like i just don't see why if they want to be more inclusive that they just don't actually act upon that yeah and do it as good human beings rather than just being like now we have guidelines that we have to make sure we hit it's like yeah. just be a decent human being and look at I'll, it i'll i'll one up you it okay. shouldn't be on the Oscars to control diversity in Hollywood. It should be on the people making the movies, the studios. Yeah, because Hollywood doesn't, or uh, Oscars don't make the movies. Yes, and if the Oscars wanted to do something, I could see them doing something of like um, creating programs for underrepresented groups to get into filmmaking. Yeah, but like this isn't going to do that. And like the studios, you just gave them a pass to not change doing anything. They're going to hit the guidelines without even, C and D. without even realizing it. And so it's like, it should be on the studios to do this, not the Academy Awards. And for some reason, pressure has been put on the Academy Awards mm-hmm. because of the Oscar's so white thing in 2015, 2016. And while I don't think that was the Oscar's fault, I think that's the fault of the studios for not making movies with diverse people. But I will say there were two snubs 
for like underrepresented groups that I absolutely are like, yes, that was snubbed and should have been nominated, which was Samuel L. Jackson for Best Supporting Actor on The Hateful Eight. Yes. And Ryan Coogler for Best Director on Creed. Those two should have easily been nominated and weren't. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that happening. But the fact that all the movies were made by and for white people are the reason why the Oscars voted that way, not because they didn't incorporate more rules, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not... It's not. It shouldn't be on them, and it's unfortunate that you know the public sort of s- looked at the Oscars and was like, "This is your fault." When really, it's the studios making the movies that need to get better and in incorporating diversity in front of and behind the camera. Yeah, that's all. It should be on you, studios. That's all. Do better. Do better, studios. That's all I'm going to say. Be decent human Have beings. Have you tried doing better? <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Because like the Academy, they don't make movies. They just nominate what they feel yeah. is the best, which I feel like they don't even do right by that. And some, a lot of Academy members are filmmakers. Mm-hmm. So it's like they understand and they're still not doing the like they're not looking at it from the perspective of, oh, this should be on the people making the movies, not on the people voting on the movie. You know? Yeah. It's weird. It's very odd, but hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Um, but we'll have to see how this plays out in a few years because, like we said, it doesn't yeah. be implemented until 2023, maybe I definitely 2024. Yeah. So we still have a few years, but like like you said, they're going to – big studios are going to be able to hit C and D without even knowing that what they're doing, you know. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. All right, so these next two stories – are pretty juicy. Ooh. Daisy Ridley was recently interviewed by Josh Gad, who was a guest host of the Jimmy Kimmel show. I believe it was Kimmel. And uh, he asked her about Star Wars, because of course. Naturally. And she kind of confirmed what everyone thought all along, in that there was no fucking plan for what was going on with the sequel trilogy. And if there was a plan, it was completely abandoned for the sake of a new one. So quoted, what? well, Josh Gad asked about, like, being her, her being Palpatine's grand, Pal, Palpatine's granddaughter, Jesus, mm-hmm. and if that was if she always knew that, and she said no, and I'm going to do her exact quote so we don't get it wrong. Okay. At the beginning, I assume during the making of the Force Awakens, maybe in the script stage, there was toying with an Obi Wan connection, but there were different versions, and then it really went to she was no one, and then it came to Episode Nine. So she became no one either during Force Awakens or for sure on Last Jedi. Well, they, they even confirmed that in Last Jedi whenever... Yeah. Um, it, it didn't even seem like like J.J.'s given interviews back when Force Awakens came out saying that he intended her to be no one. Yeah. But you could see the Obi-Wan connection being there with Ian McGregor doing lines in Force Awakens mm-hmm. as like a cool... But like even if it wasn't the connection, it's just still a cool thing to do. Because the Force and Jedi. Yeah. Yes. And then this is when it gets interesting. Ooh. At the beginning, there was toying with an Obi-Wan connection. There were different versions, and then it really went to, it was no one. And then it came to episode nine, and J.J. pitched me the film and was like, oh yeah, Palpatine is granddaddy. And, I, and two weeks later, he was like, oh wait, we're actually not sure. So it kept changing. Even as we were filming, I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. So during production of episode nine... Sounds like it's on the producers. They still had no idea. And that, that makes me think, because... Kylo Ren tells her that reveal when the camera's on her. So they never recorded Adam Driver, and he was in the helmet. Mm-hmm. So they never recorded him saying it. So I feel like in post-production, they were like, hey, will you throw this line in there real quick? Did it, and then went back. Because even, I think, when Palpatine 
says my granddaughter is here. I don't know if you see him say it. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. But there's also reshoots and plenty of things. But clearly, even according to her, while they were filming, had no, had no clue what was going on. Sounds Which like just, a lack of leadership from Kathleen Kennedy. Lack of leadership and just overreacting. They did a 2015 Warner Brothers move of just like, and then reacting to something and changing it really quick instead of just letting things play out how they should have been. Which or is just a shame. A plan in the first place. Because Force Awakens is probably my top three, definitely top four Star Wars movies of all same, time. It's same. probably top three, honestly. It's, it's probably my, a New Hope, Empire, and Force Awakens. Flip one and two for me, but three, like that's yeah. my, my top three Star Wars movies. And yeah. the fact that like, like I understand not having a plan after the first movie because you're like, like yeah. the last Star Wars movie was Revenge of the Sith. Like, let's be very careful with this, which is why it is very similar to A New Hope, yeah. which I know a lot of people had complaints about, which is it, I it, think stupid. It worked, it worked great for the movie, exactly. Yeah. So, like, if you don't have a plan going into that movie, that's fine because you already had the trilogy. Like, you knew you were going to be doing a trilogy. Yeah, you should at least have the groundworks of like, okay, once this movie is done, we really need to focus on like what her lineage is and yeah. it seemed like that they were set on nobody because in last jedi they kylo's boom, like hey you're yeah. fucking nobody like yeah. stop looking for your parents yeah and which set up an amazing arc which would have been awesome yeah but no and then i saw someone to point out um toying with the idea of obi-wan kenobi being her grandfather or just related to obi-wan mm-hmm. they're like oh that also would have been poetic storytelling because the last Kenobi failed to save Skywalker, and maybe this Kenobi can succeed in bringing back the last Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that would have been cool, too. It would have been better than what we got. Yeah. Both Nobody and Kenobi would have been better than Palpatine. <laughs> it all would have been better. Which, Palp- like, even even whenever Palpatine had his laugh in the trailer, yeah. and you found out he was in it, I was like, that's damage control. That is 100% damage and, control. And thing, Palpatine being back wasn't necessarily a bad decision. Mm-hmm. It was just bringing him back for the purpose of making him related to Ray, which was stupid. And saying he created Snoke and all the God, it's so dumb. Yeah, that shit was dumb. But that's all damage control. That's all like the yeah. 2015 Warner Brothers reaction. Like, oh, we have to fix this. Uh, Ryan Johnson just fucking killed Snoke, but he was supposed to be our bad guy. Palpatine created him. Yeah, let's roll with that. Like you and, said, and at the they end just of- handed... JJ like a fucking pound of coke yeah. and he went let's <laughs> fucking do this and at the end of Last Jedi they really set up that Kylo Ren was going to be on his own not take any prisoners and then he sees Palpatine oh, I'll serve you no problem and it's yeah like, that the opening of that movie is him fucking murdering people I know and we could have had an entire movie of that Kylo and it was just like why what happened yeah oh well one day we'll get to the Star Wars franchise spotlight that will get interesting <laughs> yeah well Attack of the Clones is the best. Understand he's joking. But if he wasn't, film a subjective, fucking all that <laughs> bullshit. Okay. This next news story I'm really excited about. Yes. Nev Campbell's officially coming back for Scream 5. Yahoo! They, they made an announcement with the um, company making it in Radio Silence, people who directed Ready or Not, making the film, and she's officially signed on. So we have the original people all back in Scream 5. I'm so excited for Scream 5. It comes out January of 2022, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's a pre-planned January release date, so that doesn't mean it's going to be bad. So we're, we're ready. We're ready. I Which am. January movies are notorious for being bad. Yeah, so that's because normally they're dumped there. 
So we're two years in advance January, so I feel confident in it. Because they're still getting the cast together, so we don't even know what the script yes. or the movie looks like. Oh, yes. Uh, I am stoked. I love the Scream movies. Um, we're not going to have Franchise Spotlight on today's episode, just because a lot of scheduling problems. But the next one, we are going to be doing the Scream franchise. Mm-hmm. So I'm really... I, I love rewatching all those movies. I fucking love that franchise. Yeah. And I, I am beyond thrilled that... Nev Campbell's returning. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this, especially since you've recently watched Scream 1 and 2? Yeah. Uh, so I watched the first one for the first time a while ago, but I just never got around to watching the other ones because I was like, oh, like it does that like Friday the 13th Halloween thing where like they had one good horror movie and then they capitalized on it. But like, I won't I won't get into specifics, mm-hmm. but wow, like I'm thoroughly impressed with the with yeah. Scream 2. And, You're going to uh, fucking hate Scream 3. But, <laughs> can't wait. Yeah. Um, but it... After watching it, I have more connection to the characters, and I'm excited to see how the rest of the franchise plays out, three and four, with their characters. Um, but I'm glad to hear that like the whole cast is back, and David Arquette was like, I'm doing nothing. Let's <laughs> yeah. do this. Um, yes. But, no, it's, it's always, like, I mean, this is something I said forever ago. It's always exciting whenever you see original cast members come back, and yeah. now that they have the core of the, the core of the movie back. I think it's going to be fantastic, especially, I mean, I'll let you say, because these were your words about the ready or not uh, directors and the humor of this movie. Mm, yeah, I was just saying, um, something with Scream is that those movies have an excellent sense of humor, uh, sometimes even meta humor. And um, with ready or not and those filmmakers, I think that they're going to fit that Scream style of humor and bring their own style in it. And it's going to mesh perfectly. Mm-hmm. As long as they do the humor from Scream as one, two and four and not Scream three, Jesus Christ. But yeah. I think that that style is going to perfectly fit. I do hope that, excuse me, I hope that it's still a horror movie at its core. Mm-hmm. But hey, they could completely Taika Waititi this thing and change it. And as long as it's a great movie, I'm not going to care. Well, and my counter to that is Ready or Not genuinely had some fucking terrifying it moments. It did. It really did. And then it had like, it was funny, Hilarious funny, funny moments. horror. Yeah. Funny, funny, funny. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Scream 5 is getting made. That. Yeah, and it's written by the guy who wrote Zodiac, so I'm in. I'm all in. Was it? Oh my god, really? Yeah, the new one is. Zodiac's such a f- good fucking movie. It is. He also wrote uh, Amazing Spider-Man, I think. But oh well, I like that movie. I think we're in good hands. <laughs> Thumb subjective. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm super excited about Nev Campbell coming back, and I just she needs to be in more stuff. I love Nev Campbell. I don't see her in anything. She was on a couple seasons of House of Cards. Which Nick did not tell me about when I started watching it. And he knows how much I love Nev Campbell. And then I literally screamed. Because she came in like season three or four. I screamed when she came on screen. Pun intended. I was like, oh my god, yes. And she was in a new movie with The Rock. But I never saw it. Mm. But I wanted to go Oh, just, is that a skyscraper movie? Yes. Oh, but I wanted to go just solely because she was in it. Yeah. And I, I love her. She's such a great actress. Well, yay. Original cast. Yeah. Uh, we just have two more stories to report. Okay. Um, more movies have been delayed because fuck movie theaters. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I get my job back, we might just shut the fuck down again. So <laughs> who knows? Thanks for all the movies abandoning October. Yeah. You know, I, I understand the worldwide perspective of it should be more safe. Yes. But there are tons of people working at movie theaters who aren't surviving right now and can't get unemployment because they're working at the movie theaters and you're taking the movies away and we're going to be out of a job again soon. So please, if you feel safe, and I promise you, I have to chemical every seat in that theater all the time, it's safe. 
throw your mask and go back to the yeah, movies. Yeah, and please. not only from like working at a movie theater, but like going to different theaters. Mm-hmm. Like you've seen movies at that theater, you've seen movies at AMC, I've seen movies at different AMCs. Like each time, I mean, I can't speak on your behalf, but I'm pretty much, I'm sure you're going to echo what I have to say. I felt safe going to the movies. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. theaters from a customer standpoint are doing everything they can to make sure that we feel safe, you know? Yeah. And, but the movies specifically that have moved are Wonder Woman 1984 and Candyman. Yeah, which is unfortunate. So that means the next big movie is Black Widow. Maybe? Yeah, knock on wood. But um, if not, if if Black Widow gets moved, which there's rumors, nothing yeah. nothing for sure yeah. yet, that means the next big movie... Is James Bond at Thanksgiving. Yes, which is two months away. Yeah, and Wonder Woman moved to Christmas, and as soon as I saw it, I was just like, fuck, I'm working on Christmas. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. Isn't, uh, didn't, did Dune either officially get moved, or is Not it yet, in Not yet, but it, it, it will. It, which is funny, because as soon as will. that trailer dropped, I remember seeing something on Twitter, yeah. like, Dune got pushed back to 2021. I yeah. figured that was a joke or something yeah. happened, but... No, it it will. It just hasn't yet. The world we live in, man. We just want some movies. We want some goddamn entertainment. And you know what's really, really fascinating? Almost, not almost, it's fucked up. This year was supposed to be the year for women in blockbuster movies. Yeah. You had Mulan, which was supposed to get a theatrical release. You have Black Widow. You have Wonder Wonder Woman. You have, I mean, Candyman didn't star a woman but it had a female director Mm -hmm. like this was supposed to be a big year for women and just everything's getting pushed back or straight to disney plus and it's just a shame that this is all happening at this time right now because all these movies had huge hype behind it Mm -hmm. not only from us but like across the world it felt like yeah and although i'd much rather them being pushed to a new theatrical date excuse me, then go to streaming. Yes. Because then you just take away that communal experience for everybody, whether the movie's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and um, the Candyman director, Nia DaCosta, when she spoke on the push of Candyman, she did say, this is a communal movie that I want people to experience together, and that's why we've pushed it, and it's not going to go on streaming. And it was mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. Like, I, I get it. You really screwed me out of hours in October, but I get it. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, no, but that was a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So it's, it's just... really unfortunate. Very, very unfortunate. Hopefully we just get that vaccine soon, and then we will be on our way. Yeah. If everyone does their part. Yeah. And coming in last... Yes. ...is the juiciest story... Of them all. Of them all. Jonathan Majors, who's recently turning a lot of critics' heads on Lovecraft Country, which I haven't watched yet, but I hear nothing but fantastic things about it. He was also in Spike Lee's To Five Bloods. He was. Uh, I believe he was the main the uh the main protagonist in the last black man in san francisco i believe okay yes i think i think so i, I think believe. you're correct yeah i think so i haven't seen it but but that. he's definitely on the up and coming yeah is what it feels like yes and this is an exclusive from deadline who i think other sources have also confirmed mm-hmm. that he is in talks to join the third ant-man film which doesn't have an official title or details yet but, and this isn't a part of the official announcement from Marvel, and Disney and Marvel haven't said anything, but sources with Deadline are saying that he, not only is he joining the film, but he is joining as the famous comic book villain, Kang the Conqueror. If that is true, 
Fuck yeah, man. Kang the Conqueror. I fucking love that villain. So for a lot of us who are just casual fans, what does that All mean? All you plebs. No, um, All us betas. Kang the Conqueror is a time-traveling villain who just wreaks havoc kind of everywhere he goes. And it's implied in the comic books that he's related to Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. But they probably won't do that yet. Maybe they will. Because, like, you know, one thing on the comic book, like, he could be a one-off villain in 8-Man 3 for all we know. But I'm thinking they're going to set him up. Because, like, the Loki show deals with the Time Variance Authority. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange deals with Multiverse. So I'm feeling that he's going to be like, you guys have been fucking with time, and uh, you guys need to cut that shit out. And I think maybe that's might what be the storyline is. This is all speculation. I don't know this. But, um, but yeah, regardless, he's a great actor joining a movie that's going to probably be great. So that's exciting on its own. And the fact that they're bringing Kang the Conqueror to the big screen is even better. Because if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. If I'm not mistaken, Kang the Conqueror was a character that was owned by Fox. Okay. So this will be the first big Fox-owned character that they're going to be using. Hmm. I could be wrong about that. Does he have a team, or is he by himself just He's fucking on everyone his up? Own. Yeah. Any superpowers or just time travel? Uh, he has some superpowers. I mean, I think he has strength. Okay. Uh, of course, now that you ask me, I'm like, uh, what were his powers? Right. But um, he's he's just an elite badass. And okay. I wonder if they're going to give him his helmet. I hope so. But A lot uh, of the fan art that, come, that has come out mm-hmm. looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm really, really hoping that they say something. Because I'm looking at the Deadline article now, and it says the studio had no comment. But sources close to the project say that he's playing Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> Okay, well, see, hold on, because I have a problem with that, because everyone knew Sam Raimi was going to be directing, but you know what Disney said? They were like, oh, we have no comment, we have no comment, but like every every source was like, Sam Raimi is going to be directing Doctor Strange, <laughs> yeah. like there's no fucking way he's not, and then Disney would be asked, and they're like, we have no comment, so mm-hmm. it's probably going to happen. Kang, baby, I hope so, I hope so. Following up my statements, apparently James Gunn tried to use Kang in one of the Guardians movies, and they said no because he's owned by Fox. Oh, so, so. it looks like... Is this going to be the first connection to the X-Men? Maybe. Defin- if they follow the comics, it'll be the first connection to the Fantastic Four, probably. Duh. Of course they're going to bring in Fantastic so, Four first. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be super fucking exciting. With time traveling and shit like that, with all these shows, oh, yeah. dealing time travel, oh, Ant-Man, like, yeah. you know shit is about to hit the fan. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. That's just all exciting to me. Yeah, no, it really is. So, um, I didn't really have anything else planned for today's show other than rank- finally ranking the X-Men movies, mm-hmm. you know, since we finally finished that franchise spotlight. And uh, although technically, honorable mention... Once Upon a Deadpool was a thing, but it's just a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2 with some scenes with Fred Savage, so we didn't count it. But 13 X-Men films, Ryan. Over the course of 20 years. Over the course of 20 years. We're going to give our official rankings, because after you know all this time we've spent watching this, I want your rankings from worst to best, and then I'll give the correct ones. Perfect. <laughs> so after I give my list, just... Go ahead, like, subscribe, do whatever you got to do, because that's going to be the end of the video. Um, okay. So, 13, New Mutants, because fuck that movie. Okay. Uh, Origins, Last Stand, Dark Phoenix. Coming at 9 is The Wolverine. 8, Deadpool 2. Deadpool, X-Men, Top 5, Apocalypse. What? Yeah, I love that. I just something about 
superhero oh movies God. where they team up and fight one baddie. Like, that's just something I love. Something, I don't know. I like that. Apocalypse. Okay. Five Apocalypse. All right. I mean, I don't hate that movie, but all right. First Class, X2, Logan, Days of Future Past. Okay. Interesting. So some sane things in there. Yeah, some sane. Some sane. So go ahead and give the correct version. This is the correct version of it. And there's a couple that you could flip. Um, number 13, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Number 12, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Number 11, yeah. Uh, <laughs> X-Men The Last Stand. Number 10, The New Mutants. God, that should be lower. Number 9, X-Men Apocalypse. And you can flip those, because sometimes, I feel like on some days I'll like New Mutants more than Apocalypse. What? <laughs> what? You think that's interchangeable? Yeah, there's... Holy shit. Hold on, 13, 12, 11, 10. Yeah, 10 and 9 are interchangeable. Wow. Number 8, The Wolverine. Number 7, X-Men. Number 6, Deadpool 2. Number 5, Deadpool. Number four, X-Men First Class, and four and five are interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Number three, X-2. Number two, X-Men Days of Future Past. And number one, Logan. Common theme. Common theme. So yeah, that's the correct list, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, no, please, um, give us your X-Men rankings in the comments below. I'd love to go through them and give them a like, because I like reading other people's lists in terms of that. Mm. But, uh, But yeah. Wow. It seems like your list was wrong. No. I'm very curious to see other people's thoughts on New Mutants, because my god, was that a trash movie? You you, you are the, like, the majority of what critics and people are saying. I didn't think it was all that bad. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I didn't know you liked Apocalypse that much more than me. No, I really do. I, Cause, like, I, don't, something about... I don't think it's great. I don't think it's even that good. I think it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, how I feel about New Mutants. Like, it's fine. <laughs> you might hate me for this, but the way I see, like, superhero team-up movies is the same way I see Godzilla. Just, like, turn off your brain and just watch this fucking, like, big-ass monster fight you. things. But, like, that's just on the same level of how I see it. Obviously, like, Avengers goes deeper than that. But, like, starting off, it already starts off on a high note for me just because, like... I know what I'm getting myself into, where it's like standalone movies. You still want to bring up Godzilla King of the Monsters and fight about that still, that trash movie? What what a trash, what? We saw it together, it's a bad movie. But do you remember watching that in Dolby or whatever version, whatever premium format we watched it in, and just hearing him scream? And just like, what the fuck, this is awesome. one aspect of a movie. The rest of them were terrible. It's It's such a bad movie. Whatever, we'll argue about this another time. (laughs) Dude, imagine a a Godzilla franchise spotlight. You know how many fucking movies there are? That'd be a ton. A ton. Holy shit. I don't want to do that. God. (laughs) Maybe it's like a classic movie review. We'll do one. We'll do one. Yeah, but um, what we could do is when they do Godzilla vs. Kong, we could just do of the new monsters It was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. No, it was Godzilla, Kong, Skull Island, King of the Monsters... Godzilla and, then, and Kong. Yeah. I think. Yeah, because in the post-credit, not the post-credit, but throughout the credits, they have, like, newspaper articles of, like, yeah. what's happening at Skull Island? Yeah, yeah. So. For sure. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's all we have planned for today's show. Oh, no, didn't you say you had a best of, like, you had, you had a question for me? I did! Wow. Okay, so... Uh, we did a video right before the pandemic called What's the Best, where we talked about the best Sam Raimi films, and I want to kind of move that segment into the podcast. So, Ryan, I'm going to ask you, 
What's the best Christian Bale performance? Don't take my answer. Wow. I'll be very upset if you take my answer. Let if, me look e- at his catalog. Even though you don't know what my answer is. Should, should I go first? Can I, uh, I... I Hold on. Let me let me look at his catalog real quick of the movies I've seen. Um, well, we all know it's Good Morning Beautiful. That was a deep cut joke. <laughs> that was a deep joke. I appreciated that. Wow. Oh, Oh. Don't say it. Hold on. Don't say it. It's Thomas from Pocahontas. What? He's in Pocahontas. He is? He plays Thomas. That's his best performance, hands down. No. Ladies and gentlemen, he's kidding. Like, I knew this, but it's still in my head. I was just like, wait, what's going on? Um, I... Hmm. So... Let me tell you the movies I've seen him in. Okay. I've seen him in the Nolan trilogy, okay. American Psycho, okay. The Prestige, okay. Ford v Ferrari, okay. Vice, and Pocahontas. Okay. Now, if we're going on, oh, Dibs on American know. Psycho. There, I said it. <laughs> see, I knew I knew you were going to go with that, but I honestly think. See, I want to say. The Prestige, just He's because he that. has to play, like, two characters that are completely different but try to be the same. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> the movie came out in 2006. <laughs> you had time. <laughs> but, like, I, I automatically want to say The Dark Knight just because of, like, See, I think that's where his, is she? But I think that's his weakest of the three. You think so? I think he's best in Batman Begins. And then even Dark Knight Rises, I think he's better than when he is in the... I think The Dark Knight's the best movie. Yeah. But I think in terms of his performances, I think it's third. Yeah, I mean, because, like, I I also want to say Ford v. Ferrari, but... He's very good on that. I feel like that's just him finally being able to take a break from, like, killing his body where he's just playing who he would play. Yeah. But um, I'm going to stick with my guns and say The Prestige. Okay. I definitely think it's American Psycho, although I didn't give you a choice, so sorry about that. <laughs> but not not only do I love that film, just, on, God, I could watch that film so many times. It's such a complex and beautifully made film. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work without his performance. Okay. And he completely embodies this just complete sociopath, Patrick Bateman, obsessed with how he looks, obsessed with everything that's about him. He's going to be number one at everything. It's the Wall Street mentality personified into a literal psycho mm-hmm. in America. So much so the to the uh, business card. He's obsessed with that. He literally kills somebody because their business card is nicer than his. Like, it's... But, Spoiler. Oh, it came out <laughs> of 2000. You have plenty of time. No, but uh, just diving into the, the psyche of someone. Because, like, you know people like him. Just not to the extent of what he's doing. Yeah. And it just kind of goes to show the dangers of extreme toxic masculinity in a way. Mm -hmm. And that's not a phrase that I just throw around. This movie really portrays what that can, a personified version of what that can be and the mindset and the actions that that can lead to. Mm -hmm. And I think that without his performance, without his dedication to his craft, that movie doesn't work. And without that movie, you don't even know who Christian Bale's name because that movie is what put him on the freaking map was American mm. Psycho. I mean, he did a child performance with Steven Spielberg, but then he did a few movies in between, but American Psycho is when people were like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. And so there's no Batman. Did without... he get nominated? No, I don't think so. 
Wow. Yeah. Did that movie get any any kind of it was an under it was an underappreciated movie when it came out and it still is to a lot of people because they see American Psycho in the title and they're like oh it's probably some like slasher you know crazy it well is, even it even slasher, the poster it, it's a fantastic fantastically made film I love that movie Mary Heron directed it great job um awards wow not even nothing nothing. That is a shame because he is excellent in that movie. He is a full-on sociopath. Yeah, it's wow. crazy. But uh, why? Why the prestige? Just based off what I said, where he's playing mm-hmm. two different people mm-hmm. who he tries to be the same, and just I think the complexity of that movie and how it works works because of his performance. Because like he loves, like. He, his brother, the the brothers have two different love interests, mm-hmm. and they go. I believe it's been a while since I've seen this movie, but I believe they go on dates yeah. and see each other when. Yeah. When when you rewatch the film, it's very clear how differently he portrays. Yes. Each of them. Yeah. And just the fact that like but it's one subtle brother enough to where you don't notice it the first time around. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. You just think he's like heartless, but yeah. it's just him playing one of the brothers. Where one brother would screw over another brother's relationship yeah. because, like, that's just who he is, and I, I it love, just it I love, works. I love the scene when the one brother got his two fingers blown off, so he puts his hand next to the other brother and has to. Oh God, it's so so good. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no. What a phenomenal actor Christian Bale is. Yeah, but yeah, no. American Psycho, that performance in that movie will always have a special place right in here. Oh yeah, and I have the NC seventeen version. We got to watch it sometime. I didn't it's know that there was an NC-17 version. So good. Hmm. So good. But yes, I think that'll do it for today's show. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for watching. And uh, we'll see you next week for our last video one in a while. Bye-bye.